Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roll Pod, an Alabama sports podcast from Bama 247. I am staff writer Cody Goodwin. Glad you guys are here today. We've got Brett Greenberg back with us. Going to talk recruiting on today's podcast. We're going to take a final look at Alabama's 2024 class. A way too early look at maybe what to expect with 2025. But first, Brett, important to note on the recruiting calendar, we've officially hit a dead period. Um, Dead period means athletes can't contact coaches. Coaches can't contact athletes. There's no visits. There's phone calls. There's no nothing. Um, which means you get a break, right? Like here in within, you know, the next couple of weeks, right? Like you can kind of like take a step back, take a deep breath and, and relax a little bit. Right. Or, or is that not how this works for you? You know, a little bit, you know, I've been kind of had the February 7th through 9th week kind of circled on my calendar for a, a little while. It's been kind of, <laughs> kind of nonstop really since December signing day, you know, you during December sign day, then I'm out in San Antonio for the All-American Bowl, stop by the Alabama Mississippi All-Star Game, and then, you know, some big, rather big news breaks in the beginning of January. And, you know, as Cody knows, we've been pretty busy since then. I was looking, actually, it hasn't even been a month since he's been hired, which I, I just, I can't even, like, wrap my head around. Um, it feels like Saban retired 10 years ago. Yeah. Like that's... <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, a little bit of a break, but, yeah, like you said in the opening, too, it's... uh 2025 class is kind of on the clock and, you know, certainly is going to be a very, you know, every recruiting class is big, but, you know, this is going to be Caleb DeBoer and his new staff's first, you know, all of his hands, you know, on this and his markings and his new staff is going to be all over this. You know, obviously he, you know, came in and did wonderful job with adding a couple additions and we'll get to those guys later. But, you know, a lot of that was, you know, Nick Saban's work, kind of Nick Saban's parting gifts, if you will. So it's going to be, you know, very important class uh, for, you know, Caleb DeBoer to establish himself. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. And, you know, one thing I will say is, you know, it's February. Uh, we have a long way to go. Even if guys are commit, <laughs> even if guys are committed right now, we have a long, long way to go. 100%. Um, <clears throat> of the many things that happened when Nick Saban retired, um, you mentioned it too, left, left Caleb DeBoer, a very, very good 2024 recruiting class, recruiting class that's going to end up number two, nationally behind only Georgia. Um, and let's give the new coach some credit, right? There there could have been a lot of defections out of this class or departures. And there were a couple, right? Jalen, Julian Sayan, five-star quarterback, um, he had enrolled, believe he was probably sitting in class when, you know, he found out the news. Um, or I guess he was in class earlier that day. They had a team meeting that afternoon. He has since left. He's now at Ohio State. Jameer Grimsley, four-star athlete, was going to play cornerback. Um, he has since left and is now on his way to Florida. Um, but they basically like replaced those guys with, you know, five-star receiver Ryan Williams. We'll touch on him in just a minute. Four-star edge defender Noah Carter, as well as local three-star linebacker QB Reese. Um, side note, love that um, Alabama now has a linebacker whose name is QB. That's just excellent <laughs> to me. Um, so I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of credit that goes to, you know, DeBoer and his staff for being able to retain as much of this 2024 class as they did. I mean, they virtually kept the entire thing intact and then kind of added their own twist on things, which is what I wanted to get to at the beginning of today's pod. Ryan Williams, five-star receiver out of Sarah land, officially signed, officially official was in your headline, um, signing ceremony on Wednesday morning. Um, you and virtually every other media member, every other outlet in the state that covers Alabama was <laughs> on hand for this one. Um, I feel bad for the other Sarah Land athletes that were signing because I'm not sure that anybody really gave them any sort of notoriety outside of the AD when he was giving the speech earlier. 
Um, but Ryan Williams officially penned to paper. He's officially a member of the Alabama football program. Uh, Brett, you were there on Wednesday. Just what was it like? What was it like talking to him? What did you hear from him? What was what was kind of your takeaway from the morning? Yeah, you know, it's you've had so many conversations with the kid. You know, I kind of was driving down from Atlanta Mobile, and I'm thinking to myself, like, what's kind of the angle here? Where, where do I want to go with this? Because, you know, as most guys or Bama 247 subscribers know, you know, I did the how they – how the coaching staff convinced him and what the coach, what the high school coach said and what his parents said and what he said and so on and so forth. So I was kind of interested to see what I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, in talking with him, it kind of just fell into the same thing of what explained the decision. And he kind of just doubled and tripled down on everything. It's just, you know, and one thing I found interesting that he said was it, it, someone asked him is, was Alabama always, you know, was anybody other, other school really had a chance. And he said, no, whether, you know, that's truthful or not, but he said, no, you know, Alabama is, you know, was Alabama was Alabama. They knew he was going to get Nick Saban was going to get a good coach. He had confidence in Nick Saban. He talked with Nick Saban throughout, you know, the whole process as Nick Saban probably talked with many other people as well. Um, and, you know, he got and you know, talked about on this before and reported multiple times, but got the, on that unofficial, unofficial visit, talk with coach DeBoer, talk with, Coach uh, Jamarcus Shepard, wide receivers coach, who, by the way, every, you know, guy you talk to right now, it seems like Shep brings unlimited energy to the facility. It's kind of just flips a switch on you. And a lot of the junior day visitors we talk to, you know, we can get into that later, but very high on him. But, you know, they he took him on an official visit, then, you know, gets him to, for his official visit, excuse me, uh, that weekend commits, you know, recommits three days later, shuts down his recruitment, uh, says, you know, no more Auburn visit. And, you know, I, you know, as I was driving down there, I was still was like, there's still a chance. You know, it's never official, you know, yeah, <laughs> officially official. So, you know, that was part of my, you know, thought process as well. But, you know, talking with him, it was like, yeah, it wasn't even a question. He knew Nick Saban was going to get the right guy in the door. He just had to meet him one time and that's all it took. And, you know, he, it's just, it, you talk to him and he was like, I, I'm just so relieved it's done. You know, I asked him, what are the emotions? He said, you know, ecstatic, amazing you know, beautiful, incredible, all these things. But, you know, I asked him what the next few months look like. And he said, I'll take a little bit of a break, but, you know, it's going to get real interesting, you know, these next couple of months for him to get back in the gym and put on some weight to, you know, be get when he gets to Tuscaloosa in late May to be, you know, in the best shape possible to be early contributor, uh, which a lot of people think he can be. Uh, but overall, yeah, again, it was a great ceremony, you know, He's just such a great kid. You know, he's always, every time you talk with the kid, he's very, you know, thoughtful, gives, you know, good responses. And, you know, even after ceremonies and award ceremonies, he's there, you know, one, two hours, even after talking to media, giving them their one-on-one, -on -one, talking to the local TV and things like that. But again, you know, sound like a broken record, but what this, what, you know, what Nick Saban did with him, of course, you know, Nick Saban, the recruiter, everybody knows what he did, but what Caleb DeBoer and this new staff did is just it's it's remarkable quite quite frankly because you know you and i have talked and you talk to people around the industry i thought it was a you know foregone conclusion he was headed to auburn you know and and i said it to you you don't blame the guy i mean a lot of these guys you know were recruited by staff that were no longer there so uh, again it's just a, a great job by the staff and uh very very impressive 100 percent um i have two trains of thought there first i imagine a huge part of the recruiting um, you know, the official um, visit for Ryan Williams when he was in Tuscaloosa um, was just new receivers coach Jamarcus Shepard pointing to the latest NFL draft board and saying, yeah, Roma Dunze. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Polk. Those were my guys. That's what I did. We can do that with you, too. 
Um, and plus, you know, plus I'm sure he talked with Ryan Grubb too about Alabama's offense, where he could potentially fit, what he could potentially do. There's a lot of versatility, I think, with a guy like Ryan Williams, who you can put him in the slot, you can put him out wide. Obviously, he needs to put on a little bit of weight because he's kind of a string bean right now. But, you know, you get him up to that 185, 190. That's where you can kind of he could be kind of a queen on the chessboard type of thing, I think, for this specific offense, um, you know, as long as the quarterback situation is figured out. And that's a different conversation for a different day. But two, I found it really interesting um, because Kalen DeBoer had made this comment when, you know, he was announced and, you know, went through the introductory press conference and everything. Um, that Ryan Williams talked to Nick Saban about this. Like, what specifically did he say about the conversations that he had with Nick? Did he share any in-depth insight or just one of those, like, you know, passing comments? Yeah, it's, it's kind of more or less the passing comments. I think, you know, maybe Nick Saban even gave Ryan Williams a little bit of media training along the way. Um, <laughs> I, I, he didn't really give too much insight to that. I just thought it was interesting. And I don't think it was very surprising, you know, for me to hear that. I don't think it's surprising for Alabama fans to hear that. You know, Caleb Dwarf talked about how Nick Saban was going to be, you know, influential and he's going to call him and do this and ask him to, you know, for help in this area and how to do this and do whatever it may have been. I think he said it was a hundred percent access or whatever it may have been. So it wasn't shocking, but certainly uh, interesting about it. And, you know, one thing also that uh, Ryan Williams was talking about was just how, how he just loved Kalen DeBoer just from the jump. Like he just, you know, it was just a match kind of made in heaven, so to speak for, for, you know, he talked about, he wouldn't want to play for any other coach other than Nick Saban, obviously. So I, I you know, I, again, sound like a broken record, but it's just what the job that, that staff did and coach Shep did is, is uh, pretty impressive. And I asked him, you know, what you hit on there is, you know, that versatility in the offense. And I asked him, you know, most guys who watch him at Saraland, he was, you know, returning kicks, returning punts. He was, you know, in motion, in the slot, out wide, outside the numbers, like you were saying. He said, you know, he had those conversations. Those were part of the conversations he had on his visits. And that was one thing he was, you know, not assured, but like, hey, you know, <laughs> we're going to use you wherever we can. We we are better with you when you have the ball in your hand. So I think that was a big part. And then again, you, you know, you're one of your guys, Jalen Bakwe. He talked about him again. You know, he said, you know, he deserves number one recruiter type thing. I believe they're going to be roommates. Don't quote me on that. But, you know, those are two guys, two five stars that uh, are two of the best uh, on either side of the ball. And Jalen Bakwe is certainly uh, pretty impressive on offense as well. 100%. Um, one thing that, uh, you know, is interesting, you know, Ryan Williams is not enrolling until May, right? So, he might be a little behind the eight ball. I imagine Ryan Grubb probably got him a copy of the playbook so that he can start <laughs> studying so that when he shows up, he you know will be as much up to speed as possible. But if he is not up to speed enough to maybe be, you know, week one in the offense, like you mentioned that versatility, not just using him anywhere within the offense, but being able to return kicks and punts, right? Like if that's something, you know, if that's a way to get him on the field so that he can experience game speed a little bit quicker, that might help with his adjustment and his acclimation. Um, and that's another thing that this new coaching staff has been very, very good about. We're going to ease these guys in, you know, a guy like Jeremy Bernard, for example, we think there's going to be a pretty big role for him in Alabama's offense. He was kind of receiver four slash five in Washington's offense last year, but returned a lot of kicks, returned a lot of punts. There were, they found ways to make sure that that guy got the ball in his hands. So I imagine that, you know, as Ryan Williams continues to grow and develop, they're going to find ways to do that. Similarly, Ryan Williams was not the only 2024 guy that signed this week. Also had Noah Carter, four-star edge, um, and also QB Reese, three-star linebacker. Um, I know you talked to uh, Reese's mom. Um, I know his recruitment was a little goofy, but it sounds like um, everything was put to rest a little bit um, when they were able to meet the new coaching staff. 
um, he was able to sign kind of to polish off the 2024 class. What'd you kind of learn about his recruitment and, and you know what he seems like he's a player that's got a pretty high ceiling, um, you know, and, and they feel confident that this staff can maybe get the most out of this kid. What all did you learn about QB Reese this week? Yeah, first off, I think people, you know, and, and you know, and sometimes rightfully so go straight to the rankings and say, you know, who is this kid, you know, type of thing. And he's a three star. Blah, blah, blah. The kid, you know, I've watched multiple times can flat out tackle. He can flat out fly. I think he's a guy. He's a he fits the mold of that Kane Womack type of defense. I think he's going to be, you know, I'm not saying he's going to play freshman year, but I think he's a guy that can certainly contribute down the road. But yeah, you know, it was a little bit of an interesting recruitment. Like you said, he ended up committing to Alabama in September. Didn't hear any much word beyond that. Um, so, you know, kind of started digging and things like that. Then the coaching change happens. And then you look on Twitter and coach DeBoer and coach, coach uh, Kane Womack are at in Birmingham at a training center talking with QB. Uh, Reese and his family and sharing, hey, you know, we still want you. We want you on scholarship. You know, I talked to QB after that. You know, it's a, you know just an honor to be part of this, you know, Alabama football family, in-state kid, just loves football. I know all these guys love football, but you can just kind of <laughs> tell sometimes with certain players. Just the prerequisite loves... if you want to play D1 ball, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just like you can just like straight as an arrow, raised the right way, like, you know, classroom comes first and you know and talking to his parents too or his mother excuse me they took an official visit i believe it was during the junior day uh again you know got or people who are committed can take another official visit uh with head coaching change and they were kind of just again you know they were familiar with the facilities they were familiar with the training staff and the education department just through all the visits they just wanted to you know meet these coaches and you know like any mother would is yeah is my kid going to be okay in this, you know, new program is, are these people going to take care of me? And she was talking about how it was just a collaborative effort. You know, it was, you know, no, they were never with one coach. It was also mo always multiple coaches, multiple conversations with coach Kalen DeBoer and, and, you know, <laughs> that family, I, I, you know, I would love to spend a day with them. They just seem like <laughs> winners. Like they just, you know, she, the way she, you know, Mrs. Reese talked was just like kind of inspiring. Kind of wanted me to run through a brick wall, just kind of talk about how, you know, his upbringing and how, you know, just how he's trying to make a name for himself and things like that. It was just very interesting. But again, you know, I think it was kind of shows coach Caleb DeBoer talking about how you, you know, you hear coach Caleb DeBoer and the word genuine and, you know, great person and things like that. And, you know, it kind of right there is kind of a prime example of that. And again, I think, you know, you look at the stars, but I, I, I really like uh, QB Reese, you know, 150 plus tackles last year, uh, six force fumbles, couple interceptions can kind of just, fly around so it'd be interesting to see uh where he ends up yeah very uh very versatile type i, I like the you know it, uh, among the things that he does you know to maybe help with his football this is a guy that runs sprints in track and field right the one the two the four and he also throws the shot put like that is not that that's a that's an interesting convert like combination of like track and field <laughs> like skill sets the other interesting thing too that i think maybe helped a little bit was that um you know not long after he was offered by alabama last year he was offered by South Alabama as well. So I imagine that familiarity with Kane Womack probably helped out quite a bit. I'm sure that, you know, Kane gets, you know, they haven't officially announced it yet, but Kane signs whatever it is he signed to officially become Alabama's defensive coordinator. Um, they probably, I don't want to say they beeline for Ramsey, but I'm sure that was pretty high on their priority list to be like, look, we got to go talk to this kid. We got to make sure that we can get him locked down and add him to 2024. And they were able to do that. So excited to see another local in-state kid um you know join the program it's always kind of fun when you know the kids grow up watching those guys and then they become um you know part of that same program
We're not going to rehash the entire 2024 class. We did that plenty in December, but I did kind of want want to run through a few superlatives with you, Brett. Um, going to play a game here. Got a couple <laughs> of different topics here. Um, the only rule of this specific game is that we cannot repeat names. You and I can go back and forth here because I think I've watched enough film of these guys and I've read enough of your stuff to be somewhat familiar, maybe not as much <laughs> of an expert as you. Um, but here, here's we, we're going to look at uh, the 2024 class um, and we're going to guess or, you know, project, I suppose, who we think is most likely to play early. Who do we think has the highest upside? And then by the end of their Alabama careers, who we think is the offensive and defensive MVP. So we're going to start highest, uh, the most likely to play early of Alabama's 2024 class. Who do you think will see the field um, first? I could only give you one name. <laughs> Correct? One name? One name. One name. But okay. you're not going to uh, – here's the, here's the thing. You Whatever name you choose, you then cannot use him for the next three topics. Ooh, okay. All right, all right. Um, most likely to play early, I'm going to go – Jalen Mbakwe, um, you know, number two cornerback in the country. You know, me and you and I were talking about it a little bit before. You got to feel pretty good if you're a cornerback in that room. Certainly, anytime you're a cornerback in Alabama, but with, you know, some of the transfer portal losses, you know, bringing in Jalen Mbakwe, Zabian Brown, Zay Mincy. Uh, I think Jalen Mbakwe is a, you know, he's, <laughs> he's one of the best athletes in the country. I think he has an opportunity to make a difference on defense. And then, you know, you and I were talking about Ryan Williams. I think he has an opportunity to play special teams and, you know, Maybe there's a chance at offense. You know, he played quarterback his entire uh, senior season and, you know, uh, was a state championship MVP. Uh, so he had a pretty good year. I'm going to go with Jalen Mbakwe. Uh, you stole my answer. Yes, I'm also choosing Jalen Mbakwe. I think just given the nature of the cornerback room, there were a lot of departures through the transfer portal after Nick Saban left. Understandably so, right? Because he is kind of the, he, he was basically the defensive back coach um, throughout his, you know, two decades at Alabama. Um which opened up the door for a lot of these cornerbacks, right? Like Alabama 2024 class, five or no, three five-star defensive backs, right? Mbakwe, Brown, Zay Mincy. I think all those guys could potentially be in the mix to play early, but I think Mbakwe is probably going to lead the charge. He's a guy that's already there, already studying the playbook. Um, sounds like him and Kane Womack are kicking it off. Um, so I think, you know, you look at the state of, you know, who's going to start where in the secondary um, you know, Malachi Moore is going to be there. Um, <clears throat> you know, Damani Jackson is going to be there. He was a transfer from USC. Otherwise, like, you know, Devonta Smith is coming back, having to pull up the the depth chart, quote unquote, that we kind of uh, kept track Jaleel, of. Jaleel Hurley at corner. So um, here you go. Damani Jackson, Tony Mitchell, Jaleel Hurley, and then Mbakwe Brown um, and Mincy, potentially. I think Mincy is probably trending more toward playing safety. But then you've got Malachi Moore, Devonta Smith, um, and then you've got Mincy. Hubbard, Peyton Woodyard, Red Morgan, uh, Dre Kirk Jr. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there for a guy like Mbakwe to, you know, I don't want to pencil him into the star position because I think he needs to put on a little extra weight potentially. Um, but he's just, he's a guy that's versatile enough that he can do a few different things. And I think that's going to help him see the field earlier, whether that means he's going to be outside the numbers at corner, playing star playing safety so that maybe, you know, maybe more stays at star while they try to figure out the rest of the defense. There's just, I just think there's a lot of opportunity and I'm going to pick the best athlete of the bunch to potentially fill in that role and take advantage of that opportunity. Um, who do we think has the highest upside and we can't pick in I'll let you go answer first on this one. We'll go back Ooh, and forth. Highest upside. I'm going to go Sterling Dixon. 
Um, edge defender out of Spanish Fort. Um, believe he transferred in the midst of his high school career. So he played at a couple different schools. This is a guy that's also dealt with a few injuries throughout his career, which maybe gives you a little bit of hesitancy as he goes up to the collegiate level. But when he's healthy, he is holy shit productive. Like he <laughs> like just very, very good. I'm going to see if I can find these numbers real quick. I remember writing them down. Um, just... I so I don't have him right in front of me, but I mean, this is a dude that like double digit sacks, double digit oh, tackles yeah. for loss, triple digit total tackles. Like this is a guy that was very versatile in the middle of the field. I know that's high school ball. And when you're the biggest, baddest dude on the field would playing, you know, I think he was playing like lower class Alabama high school football before he went to Spanish Fort. Um, you know, you're obviously going to be the dude in a defense like that. I don't know if he can be the dude like that, but I think he, I think if, as long as he stays healthy, and he continues to, you know, improve. And, you know, with Freddie Roach there and Kane Womack there helping, you know, the defensive line. And I'm assuming Womack's going to help with the outside linebackers. He's an edge defender, so we don't know if he's going to have his hand in the dirt or if he's going to stand up and be another outside edge. Um, I just think there's a lot that this kid can bring. Um, I think he's a dude that could be very similar to a Braswell where he just maybe he bides his time a little bit because the edge defender room is so full. But the moment he gets his opportunity, this could be a kid that breaks out and has a really, really big season. Um, it might take some time. We may not see him immediately. Um, but I, I really like what this kid could potentially bring. And, uh, you know, I think he could be, um, you know, maybe not an all time edge defender, but I think very, very productive when his time comes. I, I really uh, like that pick and, I really like Sterling Dixon as a player as well. And, you know, you mentioned his transfer in high school. Yeah, he was at Mobile Christian, a 3A school, and moves up to Spanish 4 at 6A, which is, you know, obviously a better competition. And, you know, one thing he was talking to me about, too, is when he was at Mobile Christian, you know, he's the best player on the field more or less every week, um, you know, was playing D-line uh, for Mobile Christian that went over to Spanish 4 and, you know, was still – probably the best player on the field in most cases, but there's, you know, there's players that are close to him as well in that, in that, you know, a classification um, and certainly on that Spanish Ford defense. So he played out of position a little bit uh, at the beginning of his senior season outside linebacker. Uh, so he was talking about how, you know, at first it was, you know, out of position, but then, you know, he's getting that experience at both levels. Uh, so I think that's going to certainly pay off. So yeah, I, I really like that pick. I'm going to go someone on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go Rico Scott, um, summer enrollee, uh, you know, of all the receivers that have come in, you know, Ryan Williams, you know, Jeremy Bernard comes in, uh, Amari Jefferson, uh, Arian Hampton, a couple other guys. You know, I, I really like Rico Scott, I, you know, talking with him, he just kind of carries that, I don't know, Alabama mindset. It's just, you know, he always talks about Alabama isn't for everyone. You know, he, he, with that coaching change, he didn't really waver. I think he's like a similar to, you know, maybe a Kendrick Law or even a Jeremy Bernard, maybe not as versatile, but, you know, very fast, quick twitch, you know, can kind of play in the slot and kind of seems like that prototypical, you know, maybe three or four receiver that can, uh, you know, contribute in a very big way in Caleb DeBoer and uh, Ryan Grubb's offense. Yeah, no, I like that pick. Um, receivers. I know that there's a lot of people kind of worried about the receiver room right now. And, and I get it. There's, you know, good players um, in a new offense, right? You got Kendrick law, Kobe Prentice, Jalen Hale, who's very good this year. Emmanuel Henderson's still there. You're adding in Amari Jefferson, Aaron Hampton, Rico Scott, Jeremy Bernard's coming in through like, there's a lot of talent here, 
Um, you know, I wonder just how is, you know, how is Grubb, Shepard, DeBoer, how are they going to use the pieces, right? Isaiah Bond's gone now, so there's more, you know, target share opportunity, I suppose, because he, you know, led the team in targets this past season. Jermaine Burton's gone. Um, Amar Nyblack's gone. Like, those were the three top pass catchers for Alabama last year. So how do these new guys fit in? Could some of the young guys get some run early? Um, the guys that are returning, what, what does expanded role look like? Um, I like that pick because I, you know, Rico Scott's a guy, you know, I don't know if he's going to play early, but I, I definitely think that he's the type of athlete that could very well thrive in an offense like this, um, which is exciting, right? Because that's, you know, I feel like just with, um, and maybe it was, you know, Nick Saban's comment during the initial signing day in December, you know, uh, Bubba Hampton's kind of a dog, man. Like everybody kind of, you know, not forgets, but it's like, hey, like you got, you know, Amari Jefferson's also in this class. Rico Scott's also in this class, right? Let's, you know, let's not forget about those dudes, even though Nick Saban gave, you know, huge kudos to to one of those guys. I like that Rico Scott pick. Okay, by the end of their Alabama career in the 2024 class, who do you think will be the offensive offensive MVP? All right, I'm not going to go Ryan Williams because I'm going to try to challenge myself to go somewhere different. Whoa! Just, you know, Whoa! I'm going to go somewhere outside of Ryan Williams here. I'm going to avoid the low hanging I think I have fruit. a guess of where you're going, but I, I want to hear you say it. I'm going to go Caleb Odom. Yes! <laughs> um, I, another guy that I think is going to thrive in this offense. Um, you know, a guy that may not play early, a guy that could play early. I, I don't know. You know, the tight end room is obviously – you know, pretty full, but of those guys, he's kind of the only downfield you, threat. You want me to read you the tight end room right now? Yeah. You got CJ Dupree, you got Robbie Oots, and then you've got Danny Lewis Jr., and then Ty Lockwood, and then our guy Caleb Odom, yeah. and then Jay <laughs> Lindsay, who's basically Robbie Oots 2.0. So, like, plenty of opportunity for that dude to climb the ladder and get some playing time this oh yeah year. absolutely and and you know i've talked about it countless times too in high school he lined up out wide he was kind of a wide out for four years um and i wouldn't be shocked if maybe that's the case he's a guy that's kind of a mismatch you know you look at the receiver room there's not really a guy that's huge i mean you know you got jalen hale who's pretty big but you know they don't have six, six five two fifteen in that receiver room right right and you know i, I I don't know what Roma Dunze or all those guys measurements were, but I know they were fairly big dudes as well. Um, but I think Caleb Odom is a guy that eventually is going to be a very, very, uh, very good player for Alabama. And real quick, I just want to hit on as well. What Caleb DeBoer was able to do with him is uh, uh, to keep him was impressive as well, because, you know, Joe Cox, his tight end coach that he talked so highly about for multiple months leaves and takes the job at Ole Miss. Ole Miss was kind of his runner-up. He was seriously considering Ole Miss all throughout the fall, took an official visit, took an unofficial visit. So, you know, just another good job by Caleb DeBoer. I don't know what they're saying to these kids, but (laughs) this 2024 (laughs) class, you know, I talked about in the summer, just seemed like, and talked about it at December sign day, you know, maybe not the highest ranked. I know they're number two and we're saying not the highest ranked, but just (laughs) have that mindset and just grit. It just seems like, hey, I'm, you know, Alabama's Alabama. I'm staying here. You know, let's, let's go type of thing so i'm going caleb Odom. i like that i like that i am going to i'm going to not pick ryan williams too because i feel like that's the low-hanging fruit and i'm going to go with kevin riley running back out of tuscaloosa county right up the road here in northport i just think this is a really cool story 
Um, a kid that literally grew up in the shadow of Bryant Denny Stadium. He was a signing day flip, right? Like he was dead set on going to Miami, was going to be part of that fantastic recruiting class. Um, and then Nick Saban pulled a rabbit out of his hat, was able to flip him on signing day back in December. Um, you know, and then, you know, I combination of probably DeBoer Grubb and running back coach Robert Gillespie sticks it out. He says, hey, like I'm staying here. I'm going to go here. This is what I've this is probably the place where I've wanted to go all along. Um, you know, he's in a pretty crowded running back room, Justice Haynes, Jam Miller, Richard Young. There's also Daniel Hill in this 2024 class. Um, but I think Kevin Riley's one of those dudes where, you know, I don't want to sit here and project and guess that, you know, yeah. this guy's a four-year player, this guy's a three-year player, this guy will play for five, whatever the case may be. I think Kevin Riley's got an opportunity to, you know, maybe have a Roy Dell Williams-like career arc where he sticks out four or five years but maybe a little bit more productive. No offense, Roy Dell, great player, great quote, awesome to talk to. Um, I just think it would be really, really cool for a guy like Kevin Riley, a hometown kid, to become that bell cow back his junior and senior year and really you know, kind of be a focal point in the offense. I think that would just be a really cool story. I think he's talented enough to do that. Obviously, four-star kid, um, you know, top 100, you know, top 150 running back, number nine overall running back in the country. Um, and an offense like this, right, you know, now he gets to play for, you know, Ryan Grubb, Kalen DeBoer, which, you know, a lot of love went to Penix and Adunze and Polk and McMillan in the past game. But very quietly, um, Washington's running back, like yeah. their run game was very, very good, right? Like their running back, Dylan Johnson, led the SEC in total rushing yards last year. Um, I think finished second rushing yards per game like this. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for these running backs. Um, and as so long as this staff stays in place, I think Kevin Riley could really benefit down the road. I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, I like that pick. I think you said it all. I, I, I think it speaks to, uh, again, Caleb DeBoer's smart moves in a little less than a month, keeping Robert Gillespie a uh, big, I think, you know, already seeing kind of some big payoffs here and, you know, talk with 2025 guys as well. Who do you think will be the defensive MVP of the 2024 class when their careers are all said and done? I'm going to go Zay Mincy. That's, Ooh, that's still okay. available, right? That's still available, right? He's still available. All right, I'm going Zay Mincy. Uh, you talk to these 247 sports analysts and, you know, these scouting guys and <laughs> kind of just oohing and on over this guy, you know, in the All at the All-American Bowl for check-in where they do their measurements and he's getting his, you know, height and weight and he's getting his hand measurement, he's getting his arm measurement. And these guys who've been around forever are just kind of jaws to the floor, just like this guy's got, you know, arms and hands of a, you know, edge rusher or offensive tackle. I mean, he's just kind of an athletic freak. Uh, and, you know, you hit on it a little bit earlier about, you know, is he going to play safety? Is he going to play corner? One, that's a great problem to have. Two, I think it speaks to his athleticism. Uh, I, I, I kind of. I don't know. I keep seeing comparisons and kind of see it to Terry on Arnold. I don't know if you've seen any tape on Zay Mincy. I know you're a big Terry on Arnold guy. I don't know if you can kind of. It's uh, funny. I just nor up, deny that. Um, I just pulled up his two, four, seven um, profile and I scrolled down to his high to the scouting report. Shout out to Andrew Ivins right there at the top comparison. Terry on Arnold. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's almost like me and uh, Andrew Ivins have some conversations. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Mincy. I think you know, I just I, his versatility. And again, you know, if you don't know where he's gonna play, but he's a five star, it's it's a great problem to have. Yeah, no, I mean, if, anytime you can get a safety who can cover like a corner, like that is you talk about queens on the chessboard. Like that is a guy who, you know, 
a lot of opportunity, I think, to play early. He's in that mix just as much as Jalen Mbakwe, I would guess. And big, um, big physical can hit, played in South Florida. 190? Yeah, Ooh. big boy. Yeah. And that's before he that's be, that's before uh the college weight room gets a hold of him, too. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, he, may be two, he may be 205 by now. He's been there for a little bit. <laughs> that's man, he's gonna be a thumper sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah. I'm, excited I'm gonna go that. with uh I'm gonna go with Xavier Brown. I like my corners, I like my outside corners. Um I'm a big fan of Mbakwe, and I think he, you know, projected right to be the best of the bunch. Look at the, you know, what the scouts are saying, what you've been saying, what the what the rankings say. I really like Xavier Brown. Um, maybe not the most fluid type of athlete, but very technically sound, not afraid to use his hands. Um, he finds a way to just stay in receivers' pockets the entire way through. We'll see if that ultimately translates. Um, I think it will. I think athleticism is something that you can maybe teach a little bit at the collegiate level, but technique is a lot harder to kind of instill in some of these guys. And he's got those traits. So again, a lot of high level DBs, three, five stars, a lot of opportunity to potentially play. Um, I'd throw Brown in that mix as well, right? If Damani Jackson's not getting the job done, hey, bro, there's a five star right behind you that's hot on your tail. You better keep it up, right? <laughs> so I really like Xavier Brown. I think he's a dude that could, you know, I don't know if he's one of those three years and done, um, but definitely he's got pro potential. You look at his scouting report, uh, it's Greg Biggins, who, you know, he takes care of the West Coast for us, really likes this guy. Um, I've only had one conversation with Biggins and Brown came up immediately and I'm not sure that we were even <laughs> talking recruiting. So like that's that's how high I know other people are on this guy. I've watched a lot of his film. I'm very excited to see him in Tuscaloosa. Um, and I think he could end up being very, very good. Um, obviously, I think he's going to be the defensive MVP. I got one yeah. more. I got a curveball for you just to make sure that we can mention this guy. Who do we think out of the 2024 class is going to be the first to score a touchdown? So that means you have someone in mind. If you're Ryan asking. Williams. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why? why? <laughs> I'm, <just kidding>. uh, <laughs> I'm going... Bubba Hampton. I like that. I like that. Bubba you know, Hampton. like he's, I'm, I'm okay with that. Ryan, I, you you're know, my I, guy. You're my guy. I know I haven't picked you a couple of times, but you know, I'm your guy. Come on. I <laughs> I just, I figured Ryan Williams is just going to, you know, unless maybe like maybe Mbakwe is the punt returner in week one, or maybe he has a pick six or Brown or, you know, Mincy has a pick six or something like that. Or I don't know. Like I just, you know, who's, who's going to score first. I, there's a lot of options there on the table and, you know, we're a ways out from seeing these guys, you know, officially in the program, but um, yeah, no, that was, that was fun. That was 2024. We're, you know, signed, sealed, delivered. Those guys are part of the program. Now I'm going to cede the floor to you now, Brett, because I know that 2025 guys officially on the clock this week, um, literally today, right after, you know, signing day was yesterday, Wednesday, we're recording this on Thursday morning. 2025 guys are on the clock. I know that before this dead period started, Alabama hosted a monster junior day where they had a lot of four and five star 2025 guys um, on campus. Um, I know that when Nick Saban retired, right, like that was an important day because after Nick Saban retired, Alabama's 2025 class, basically like all those guys more or less decommitted, right? Like that they're basically starting from scratch 2025. You alluded to this earlier in the show that the 2025 class is really going to be DeBoer's first as Alabama's head coach. Um, and the early returns, based on everything you've been writing over the last week or so, um, the junior day was a hit. Like they made a really strong impression on a lot of high level recruits. What, what can you tell us about junior day? What can you tell us about some of the 2025 targets 
um, just what are maybe some of the way too early names to watch things to know when it comes to Alabama and how they're, you know, approaching 2025. Yeah. I think, you know, for starters with that junior day, I think we confirmed 45 plus names. I think there was even more, um, you know, That's a hell of a cookout, <laughs> you know, not a whole lot of elite top end talents. Um, but, you know, I do want to say like a lot of these elite top end talents have had visits scheduled for, you know, this was the final weekend. So a lot of these guys were getting in to see, you know, maybe some schools, they have a little bit of better relationship right now. And that's, you know, no knock to the coaching staff. The coach staff hasn't even been here for a month, like I was saying earlier, uh, but to get 45 guys and even more on campus is impressive in itself. And, you know, you talk to multiple people, uh, you know, had reactions on Bama 247 the last couple of days and in the last you know week or so uh, the early returns are extremely, extremely positive. I know a couple Got a couple questions on the board and a couple, you know, emails about, you know, why isn't there a commitment and things like that. And I put on the board, you know, before the weekend, I said, you know, of the, let's say 45 guys were there, you know, 35 of them were meeting the staff for the first time. And, you know, 25 of them are, were on campus for the first time. Um, I didn't expect anybody to commit. I think if we did see a commitment, I would, would have been very shocked and it would have been another testament to Caleb DeBoer, but I, I didn't expect to see any commitments and I wasn't surprised that we, that Alabama didn't have any commitments. Uh, I think this was about, you know, just meeting, meeting these kids, you know, you talk to these recruits and you know, what, you know, what was the conversation like? And most of them are like, it wasn't even football, man. It was, you know, <laughs> not where you from, but like, you know, What's your background? What, what here's a little bit about me. Caleb Dore talking about, you know, how, you know, here's how here's my plan to keep the program like this. And just the early returns are, you know, they're genuine guys. There's, you know, multiple coaches around me at all times. The energies in the in the building is high. Uh, you know, and one thing I, I thought was very interesting as well, and I think a big topic, you know, in probably a lot of Alabama fan circle is, you know, how would Caleb DeBoer kind of handle the transition with Nick Saban in the recruiting space. And a lot of them, you know, Tommy would go like Caleb DeBoer, you know, of course, you know, acknowledges Nick Saban and acknowledges his presence and the history and the tradition, but also, you know, at the same time made it clear, like I'm, you know, I'm Caleb DeBoer. Uh, you know, I'm not going to try, you know, I'm going to try to take after some of the things Nick Saban did because obviously he's successful, but you know, I'm Caleb DeBoer and, you know, you talk with Ryan Williams too. He was like, if he didn't, if he was like very clearly trying to act like Nick Saban and act like someone he wasn't, it would just been a turnoff. And these kids can see that these, you know, when he's genuine and acting like himself, these kids can see that. So, you know, the early returns have been extremely positive. I think, you know, it was very important uh, to get a couple of these guys on campus uh, before the dead period. Um, you know, I had a good piece on, you know, Bama 247, I think a couple of days ago, just a couple of names that I think Alabama's done a good job with in a very limited time. Um, a couple of those guys have maybe committed elsewhere or, you know, recently decommitted from, you know, schools or things like that. But again, I think Alabama has done a good job. Uh, it's going to be, you know, interesting to see how how quickly they get these guys back on campus. Um, a lot of these people have expressed interest to get back in the spring. I think that's where you're going to see, you know, even more offers, uh, maybe even some commitments and some, you know, more and more return visitors as guys get on campus and, you know, work out. And, you know, these next month at the, at the dead period, this coaching staff, you know, maybe gets to take a little bit of a sigh, you know, maybe Kalen DeBoer gets to go to Seattle for the first time in three weeks. <laughs> um, but there's going to be a lot of film watching. There's going to be a lot of be, be a lot of new offers be handed out. You know, coaches can still talk to high school coaches and things like that. So over the next month, I think, 
the big board, so to speak, is going to really kind of show itself. I know I was talking with Rodak about it. I had like a whole, you know, series of, you know, each position, big board type of thing that I was going to kind of kick off soon after, you know, the college football playoff. And that obviously got uh, a little mixed up uh, in the next save of retirement. So I'm going to start that, you know, probably, <laughs> uh, probably in March, um, you know, just once we get a kind of a more general sense of, you know, who's seriously considering Alabama and, you know, who's Alabama's, you know, who's really a committable offer type of thing. But, you know, one thing I've talked about too is, you know, talk with experts, this staff is not, you know, offering 10 kid, 10 running backs at a time. Like if you're getting an offer, it is committable. We want you type of thing. And one thing Courtney Morgan talked about in the athletic interview, which is just great. We put it on the board. He was like, if you're an in-state kid and we're offering you, like we want you, we are not, you know, like we're not going to put ourselves in position to not take you. And he talked about, I think he said, uh, not exact quote, but it has, it could have like extended ramifications if you, you know, kind of screw up a recruitment in state, you know, with high school. So uh, I, overall, I think it's, they've done a good job and, you know, continuing to get uh, reactions and things like that. And you, I know I'm rambling right now, but you mentioned, you know, the 2025 decommitments I talked about on the board immediately, not surprising. I, I, you don't blame the kids. Take a step back. Again, a lot of these guys that were there, like ex- for instance, Jamie French, uh, his lead recruiter is Travaris Robinson and Holman Wiggins. He's gone. The head coach is Nick Saban. He's gone. He doesn't know anybody in the building. Uh, you don't blame the kid. The kid's 15, 16 years old uh, and a highly sought after recruit. Take a step back. And, you know, and this coaching staff has continued to be in, in contact with all these guys, um, you know, not to say they're in good position or anything like that. Still getting a bunch of thoughts. And it'll be very telling if they get some visits, you know, back to Alabama soon. But, I, you know, it wasn't surprising to see these guys decommit and, uh, two guys that did stay on is Miles Johnson, linebacker. Uh, he was supposed to be for junior day. I don't think he ended up making it, but I, I believe he's still he's still committed to Alabama. Anthony Rogers was there, number one running back. Uh, love Coach Taylor DeBoer, loves Coach G. Uh, Coach Gillespie, again, uh, another great move by DeBoer to keep him on staff. Um, but yeah, I think Anthony Rogers really loves the staff and to keep him a hold uh, is, is going to be good and kind of the anchor of the class. And was talking with Ryan Williams, I'm like, you know, you were very vocal recruiter. Mbakwe is a vocal recruiter for you. Like, does does it kind of flip the switch? Are you recruiting now? He goes, yeah, I had the number one class in 2025. We're getting it back. So I thought that was pretty funny. I think Ryan kind of just, you know, just carries that kind of, I don't know, presence around him. It's just always funny kid making jokes. Um, but yeah, early returns have been good. And you know, I could go on and on and talk about each and every kid. But, you know, go to Bama 247. I have great conversations with a lot of kids and, you know, going to have continued things coming out uh, with some conversations with uh, Micah DeBose, Antonio Coleman, uh, which from the road earlier this week. So uh, looking forward to it. And then as well, I just want to hit on one thing as well with the 2024 class final note, I'll have something out hopefully today um, just kind of introducing just the, the full class kind of a, you know, profile of each, each uh, signee. So looking forward to that kind of putting a final bow on that and, pushing it to the side and moving to 2025. Yeah. Like you mentioned um, at the top of the show, 2025, literally a whole year for this coaching staff to figure out what the class looks like for these kids to make, you know, obviously massive decisions to give you an idea of how far away that is. If you look at 247's current team rankings for 2025 recruiting class, a time-honored tradition that Notre Dame is currently number one here in the month of February. We'll see if that holds. Um, I think, (laughs) Teams like LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, who are currently two, three, four, five, maybe a little bit more staying power 
um, but still plenty of time for Alabama to catch up and, and we'll, you know, circle back after probably a swing of commitments come through in the spring and summer to double check on the 2025 class. A lot of time left for the yeah, staff to get this one together. One, I keep saying final note, but final, final note. Uh, I think Alabama fans have got pretty accustomed to, you know, Dick Saban and his recruitment. I think it's going to be new for all of us. I just want to say that, like, you know, you look <laughs> at, you know, where, where Alabama's ranked and, you know, you looked at where Alabama's ranked in, you know, uh, March of last year, uh, but, and he ends up at number two. And, you know, you kind of had that Nick Saban factor of, you know, I, I, <laughs> Nick Saban doesn't really have to turn on until he has to go on the road. And we saw that in 2024. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know if Kalen DeBoer has that much power. Uh, we'll, we, we'll see. Uh, has shown signs of it, obviously, with Ryan Williams, and it'll be very interesting to see. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic just to see if they go, you know, load up on the class in June like, you know, Kirby Smart and Georgia did last year, or they take a slow approach and take slower valuations and, you know, take more serious time to, you know, offer these kids and, you know, take that, you know, we're the University of Alabama. If we want you, gonna you know, we're going to have you type of thing. It'll be interesting to see it all unfold. We're going to obviously have Brett on top of that, but, um, you know, dead periods here. Hopefully he will get uh, a chance to catch his breath and take a little bit of a break as well. Brett, thank you again so much for coming on and recapping 2024 and taking a way too early look at 2025. We'll be back sometime next week, probably discuss, you know, maybe some hoops, maybe a way too early look at spring ball. We're still trying to figure out what these podcasts look like week to week. But in the meantime, though, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, even our Bama 247 YouTube page. Subscribe to Bama 247 and 247 Sports. Believe we're still running a special because we're always running a special. 60% off an annual VIP membership. Believe it comes out to about $43 for the entire year. You can get all of Brett's expert recruiting knowledge for just $43 for the entire year on our Bama 247 website and on the board. Thank you, Brett, again, for joining us. Thank you guys always for listening. Talk again soon. See you guys.